Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's after 10.30 on a Thursday morning. Chris and Amy on KMOX, and it means it's time to talk with Chief Washington Correspondent for CBS News, Major Garrett. He is the author of The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lie, the host of two very good podcasts, The Takeout, and his newest one, The The Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen, And we've got Major Garrett with us this morning on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Good morning, Major. Good morning. How is everybody? Oh, you know, everything's uh, going pretty well, I think, for us anyway. It's uh, You are following a a tough crowd, uh, or I guess I should say a tough act to beat. Uh, Louie, the Blues mascot, and Fred Bird, the Cardinals mascot, just stopped by Studio B, (laughs) followed by Major Garrett. Yeah, you missed it. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's that's a significant downgrade for the audience. Are you okay. are you intimidated? Uh, completely. Practically paralyzed. I'm not even sure I'll be able to speak. Well, the one advantage is is um, they actually can't speak since they're mascots. So already that's your right. interview is a bit more uh, engaging. That's right. That's right. Maybe. Maybe. It's it's. Uh, uh, so I don't know where to start with you, to be honest. I know. I've got Major. a bunch of questions. Yeah, there's like a million damn I hope things. you cleared your schedule for the rest of the day. Yeah, please, please, come at uh, me. Uh, what do we start with? Kevin McCarthy? Do we start with the impeachment yeah. inquiry? Let's start with I mean, Kevin what? McCarthy. All right, Kevin yeah, McCarthy. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin McCarthy is simple. Uh, he's ousted. He wants to find a way, like Eric Cantor found a way, to take his prominence in Congress and make money. From it, he will probably give speeches. He will probably find some financial place to land. He said he'll keep involved in politics, but we'll see. Uh, He is an embodiment of what House Republicans have done to themselves, which is create chaos at the leadership ranks and lose and dilute, not lose, but dilute their ability to negotiate on behalf of the priorities that they want with the White House and Senate Democrats. He's an embodiment of all those things and um, is kind of a uh, – will be a footnote in the, the Trump history of the Republican Party. So moving forward now, Mike Johnson as the speaker, you're looking mm-hmm. at House Republicans. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago, the direction the GOP will go. M- McCarthy – not running again. Uh, where do you see the House leaning, whether it's toward the, the MAGA Republican, whether it's trying to separate itself from that? Well, no, it's not. And it won't with Mike Johnson as speaker. Uh, it, it, he, to the degree he can, will keep it in an obediently MAGA-oriented direction. But the most important part of that sentence is to the degree he can. After Kevin McCarthy leaves at the end of this year, which effectively means if the House, as it plans to do, recesses next week. So by the 14th or 15th of December, Kevin McCarthy's out of the House. They've already expelled George Santos. The House has. 
There is another member of Congress, a Republican from Ohio, who's going to become the president of Youngstown State University. When all that happens, the quote-unquote House Republican majority will be two seats. Two. Which means it almost ceases to exist. And that's going to make things in January and February very difficult for the House because the continuing resolutions that are keeping the government funded expire, one in mid-January, one in early February, and whatever is done to keep the government open will have to flow through the House at some level or another. And that means you have to keep your majority together. Two defections means your majority is no longer together. So effectively, Speaker Mike Johnson may be MAGA-oriented, but that slimmed majority will not allow him to be aggressively oriented in that direction. He doesn't have a clue on how he's going to navigate this. Neither does anyone in senior House Republican leadership. Stay tuned. Well, one thing the House Republicans were able to move forward on is an impeachment inquiry on President Biden. Today, they they formalized um, uh, the resolution for that. And Mm -hmm. next week, there's supposed to be a vote. So what's going to be the end game here? Well, we'll see if they can pass it. If they do, then it's a full-blown inquiry, and that means as the House House of Representatives, it has higher orders of magnitude recognized by the courts to subpoena either witnesses or documents and carry forward. Let's wait and see if the votes are there to, in fact, launch an inquiry. It would be unwise of any speaker to bring a vote on that question to the floor unless you were absolutely positively certain it would pass. And because it will happen before McCarthy and other exits, there's a little bit more slack in that line, a couple more votes, but it's still going to be close. And some House Republicans who have said they're not yet convinced are going to be on the spot. This sets up a quite interesting dynamic for 2024. Just think about this for a second. It is possible that the two nominees for the presidency of the United States, by the time the election rolls around next November, could be an impeached sitting president and a convicted former president. Major, how many Republicans right now do you believe are uncomfortable with the idea of moving forward on this? I'd say anywhere from five to 20 on a scale of uncomfortability. And trust me, that's a sliding scale. and I have no sense of how uncomfortable or comfortable you need to be on the spot to vote to launch this. Uh, We've learned from the votes about trying to decertify a legal verified 2020 presidential election that lots of Republicans can rush headlong into something only for purely and nakedly political reasons, not because they believe it on the merits, not because they believe it's constitutional, not because they believe it will burnish their legacy, but only because for the short-term political calculations, they must. So with that as a backdrop, anything's possible. So lots of discomfort or uncomfortability expressed rhetorically in the past may vanish if there's a lot of heat to go ahead and vote to launch this inquiry. And they might say, I'm just launching an inquiry. I'm just asking questions. You know, I'm not, I'm not committing to vote to impeach the president. I just want to find out the answers. My sense is, most will land in that semi-safe space and do the politically uh, calculated thing. Uh, Major, continuing at the uh, 
talking about Hunter Biden, IRS mm-hmm. service agents Gary uh Shapley and Joseph Ziegler provided information to the House and Ways and Means Committee earlier, a couple days ago, uh, regarding emails uh, between Joe Biden um, and Hunter Biden and various uh, recipients. And the documents in- included a log with 327 emails that Joe Biden sent or received over the course of 2010 to 2019 under a pseudonym like Robin Ware 456 and Robert L. Peters. And so there were these shadow accounts that he was using. And just for context, because there is there are so many investigations, you know, like as you mentioned, Donald Trump, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. What do these emails mean is this unusual to have joe biden with these shadow accounts and what are they still trying to figure out about these emails the last question first they're trying to figure out if there is a direct link between anything that hunter biden did either representing various clients or collecting money from particularly clients or specifically foreign entities that flowed to joe biden Is there a direct link? Can you suggest or prove, they've certainly tried to suggest, can you prove money flowed through Hunter to Joe, that Joe was aware of this, authorized it, and used his position in government with his son as a front man to either enrich himself or to do things surreptitiously on behalf of either clients or foreign entities? That's the grisly, grotesque, hovering allegation. Sounds pretty bad. If proved, it would be very bad. It would be very bad. If... Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Proved. That still is something that has to happen, which this inquiry may say this is our pursuit. This is our directional aim. And if we can justify it and prove it, it's worthy of consideration. As if all the things I just described and all the menacing and grotesque things Republicans have alleged but have yet to prove are proven, that would be very serious, incredibly serious. And impeachment would have real teeth as a matter for the House to consider in early 2024. Still not there yet. I don't know how unusual it is for people in political life to have double accounts. I know that I have two or three email accounts because I have things that I keep for work and things I keep in my private life, and I try to not commingle those things. I don't think it's unusual for people to have multiple email accounts. I don't think that's unusual at all. What you do with those multiple email accounts, particularly if you're in government, may prove important. We'll wait and see. Well, you have to have a separate email account for your um, burner Twitter account where you're just harassing the Padres. (laughs) It's called Major Pain. My my grief is in full public view. Yeah. How dare you let go of Juan Soto? That's what you said. So look, look, look. (laughs) 
look, I, I watched Juan Soto play for the Nationals because I live in Washington, D.C., and um, t- obviously 2019, the World Series year, the championship year was very exciting. Um, I know Juan Soto's statistics offensively are gaudy. He's a below-average fielder, and he's a below-average base runner. And for the Padres, at least for the Padres, he was not the clutch hitter as advertised or as performed for the Nationals. So I'm not I'm not shedding a lot of tears. We got five players. We need a lot. We need to trim payroll. Yankees, good luck. <laughs> uh, well, I, I feel like luck needs to be given to those who are trying to get funding to Ukraine and to mm-hmm. Israel. Yeah. And we know yeah. earlier this week, uh, House House Republicans, Senate Republicans stormed out of a briefing because yep. they wanted to talk border and it didn't go yep. the way they wanted it to. So what's the latest yep. on that? It's, a, it's very much at a standstill. And uh, lawmakers are going to have to make up their minds about what they value more. I had a conversation over the weekend with one Senate Democrat who basically said, look, we have to do everything we can to get Ukraine aid. In his words, aid to Ukraine, if it's not provided and Putin wins, is a 50-year mistake. I can fix other things short term. I can't fix a 50-year mistake. That suggested to me maybe some higher flexibility on the issues that Republicans have identified as central to resolving this border security policy. It's worth noting, President Biden said yesterday, I'm willing to make changes on border policy, not just put more money on the border. If you are going to be nakedly political and you're a Democrat, particularly if you're President Biden, you know what you do? You say, House Republicans, you passed the bill. You say that's going to solve everything. I'll take it. And for the next year, you say immigration, I'm going to say you. You scream at me about immigration, I'm going to say you. Because it's your policy. You said it would fix everything. So now you own it. That would be the nakedly political thing to do. So I'll, I'll take your policy. Go ahead. We'll see how it works. But you own this from now on, or at least we're co-owners. And you cannot wrap this around my neck as I run for re-election. That would be the nakedly, strategically political thing for the president to do. Am I predicting he will do it? No. But if he were trying to be a hard edged strategist he would tell democrats suck it up let's get ukraine let's get you israel taken care of let's fix the world stage we'll deal with border later we'll make a political move now and it will strengthen all of us for re-election let's do the naked political thing but i don't think it's going to happen major who is on the podcast this week adam kinzinger uh he was one of the two Republicans on the House Select Committee. He has a book out called Renegade. He's not on the grand book tour that Liz Cheney is, but he has a lot of comments about whether or not Liz Cheney should run for the president as a third party. He has a lot of comments about George Santos, former President Trump, Joe Biden, and the lot. So Adam Kinzinger this week. Talk to you next week, Major. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. That is Major Garrett, Chief Washington Correspondent for CBS News. His book is The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lie, the takeout podcast that Amy just mentioned with him, and Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. That is a really good podcast as well. So um, go and listen to all those. You can get them on the Odyssey app where you can hear us. You hear us live on the Odyssey app. You can hear us later on the Odyssey app, whatever you want to do, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Did you see this next on KMOX? Have you been wanting... 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.